Sorry ass motherfucker got nothing on me, right? Nothing. Where the stars of this piece of shit? I am Big Kev. Why do they call you Big Kev? Ooh. I am OG. Oh look, he's got a billion toys. And I am PK. I don't do magic, Morty. I do science. One takes brains, the other takes dark eyeliner. I say we stay here and fight it out. OG's not actually racist against many people. There is no racial bigotry here. Here you are all equally worthless. I'm not really angry all the time. This is Kevin destroying the Toy Biz Legends box set. Fucking garbage! Why? Why? You know how I know that you're gay? How? Because you're gay and you can tell who other gay people are. I know it's fun. You're like, hey, I found buttons. Let's push them to piss me off. I have Amigo Isis action figure. Almighty Isis. Big Kev's Geek Stuff dot you fuckers think that just because a guy reads comics he can't start some shit? I'll fucking take all you want! Oh my god. I I feel like the dude in the fifth element when they smash the spy fly and the headphones just go wee off of his head. Yeah, wow, that was uh, Oh I'm so sorry, I forgot to adjust that. That that I, that hurt I feel I can feel OG's pain in uh, Hawaii. Oh, that that hurted. Wow. I feel violated. I am awake. I am awake. All right. So, uh, <laughs> Will says even he heard that. <laughs> Damn. Maybe there's a way we can uh, figure out how to make uh, uh, that audio work for me on the feed. Uh, there you go. Uh, um, all right. So, very quickly... <laughs> This is episode 508 of um, of Geeksoft. We don't have a title for it yet, but I want to quickly, Ugh. super fast address Instagram. Yes. Between last week and this week, um, <laughs> I tested, double tested, and triple tested um, Instagram. I did it on my personal account. I did it on the Geek Stuff account. Um, and I did it from my uh, the Geek Stuff OG account, and I tested it with two different people, and we have the same exact problem ah. that we're having with Big Kev, where um, we'll have audio for a little bit, the audio will drop out, the video quality will completely drop out, it'll just completely freeze and die. Um, mm. I also I want to say that I tried it here from this studio, and I also tried it from another location where I had access to Wi-Fi just to make sure that it wasn't unique to this space right uh and no <laughs> still the same deal. so, so that's uh, yeah, yeah that's an instagram that's problem. an instagram issue that's not um, a geek stuff well it is a geek stuff problem yeah. but it's it's not something we can uh address at that level that's a programming issue of some right. sort so here's the workaround the workaround is i've been toying with the help of uh mikey mikey base prime yes um i've been t- working with him a little bit to because Google and YouTube are now linked. I guess they own each other. One of them owns the other one. Google owns, owns YouTube, YouTube yeah. right? Yeah. So what you can do is you can start 
a private Google Hangouts okay. conversation. Oh. And bounce it, a video conversation, and bounce it to YouTube. And then lock the YouTube video down so the only people streaming that have to have a link to do it. Gotcha. So what I might be able to do, and I'm, I'm just testing it a couple more times because I want to make sure that it works remotely. But what I think we're, we're going to try that. As a uh, as a workaround. Now, does that mean that patrons that are uh, in to watch that stream uh, are they now in that video stream and potentially interacting with the show? Like, do we have no. to figure out a uh, no, 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 that too? no? Because I believe you can mute. I think you can mute select users. Gotcha. Because I mean, you want to be able to have their feedback, but obviously we don't have a want to have uh, everybody people, talking you know, and chiming in sh- too verbally. So sh- that's, that could be uh, chaotic. That uh, that will is very distracting. <laughs> it's extremely. I mean, he's a beautiful man, but he's very <laughs> distracting. And, uh, uh, PK, could you uh, turn somewhat slightly to your uh, right and press you. the I accept button? I see you. So, yeah, there. so yeah. So tonight we've got some we've got some very exciting things lined up for you. In addition to the news, um, which we have, <laughs> PK has some product. I have a little bit of product update for some of you. Um, we also have two con reviews. West Coast Scott. called in with his san diego comic-con uh full coverage it's a little bit post san diego but he always does a good job with his reviews and so we're going to run that during the show um probably had to work through the ptsd before he was able to do it exactly (laughs) um our good friend jung also called in with a mini review of Gen Con, Yales. Um, and we we greatly appreciate that. So we'll two talk people a little bit about that. I heard that was good. Yeah, actually, jealous of two dudes that uh, had a great time out there. Yeah, our our friend Mike. Yep, was not Mikey, but no. our other friend uh, Mike, board, board game Mike, I board guess. game Mike, board game night Mike was was out there. Or should we call him Secret Hitler Mike? Secret Hitler Mike <laughs> seems I, to be our favorite go to game I, with I him. I don't know if he'd like that one as much. <laughs> Um, but yes, that Mike. Um, and then yes, Jung was out mm. there. Fascist um, Mike? No, no, that's even and worse. I, I think I knew. That's even worse. I think I knew one or two other people out there covering the event as well, mm. just through social media and stuff like that. So, so that looks like a good time. Um, I, I'd love to go to that one year. I, oh, I yeah. really want to try to make it out there. Um, oh yeah. So all of those things are going to be during the context of tonight's show. Nice. There's an awful lot on tonight's program, OG. It's a busy night. There is. So I think we should uh, I think we should just boogie right into it. Quick bounce real quick, just for my own curiosity. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Gen Con, is that always Indianapolis or is that it, bounce? No, it is always Indianapolis. Got it. Forever. It, um, it is very reasonable to go to. Ticket prices are very reasonable. I yep. think for the full weekend, it's like 110 bucks for oh, the wow. tickets. But what they do is, what they do is they charge additional for some of the panels and experiences. Okay. So 110 gets you in the door all four days, walk the floor, do your stuff. But if you want to go to like this panel, it might be an extra 20 or 30 bucks. Gotcha. If you want to do this game, it might be like eight bucks. Right. So, okay. but I like that though, cause it's an a la carte experience. And so you can kind of, what that does in theory is there are no panel lines. You're buying a, a ticket to an event, right? You don't you have show to show up at the event. Yeah. You go to the thing you're going to, and and that's it. And the same thing with the gaming. You, and you don't have to do any of it if you don't want right. to. So you, yeah, uh, right. so that, that actually makes it keeps your costs down. But you know, so you're not essentially paying for right. for experiences you don't want to engage in. So that's, I mean, uh, that's not bad. For example, although I am going to see what's available at New York, but I really want to go see Critical Role live. Right. Um, I watched this past week's episode, which they did live 
from Gen Con in front of an audience, which obviously they don't normally do. Normally they just stream it on Twitch. And uh, I, I'm not going to lie. If uh, uh, I cried a little. Oh yeah. D- during the episode, I uh, I got I got a little I got a little weepy eyed. They a do little a, emotional. Got, got they, some some dust in the room there. Did they? You? They do a really good job. <laughs> they nice. do a really good job with that stuff. But let's let's uh, let's move forward. Let's yeah. jump into some. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Did you have something? No. Oh, okay. that was that was my only question. Uh, so yeah, let's jump forward into um, the news in the why the fuck are they bothering portion of tonight's news. Fox is developing two. 24 spinoffs. Um, one, I guess, is a prequel. And what is the other one? A legal thriller. A legal thriller um, that will be set in the 24 hours ticking down until a prisoner's execution. So um, I I like the use of the 24. I, I So I should say it, it's not entirely why the fuck. Because I like the use of the 24 format right. and reapplying yeah. it to a new genre but why do they have to connect them all i'm with you on this one og i think i like the format i think it's an interesting thing to do especially the way it seems they're going to do it but is if it's all tied into the 24 universe i don't think it has does it have to be well i don't think it i don't think they have to tie it into the 24 universe in order to use the format because the 24 universe is really just now it it doesn't they don't have to like ham hand it you know, my like, no, like it, they might not, they don't have to reference anything at all, but somehow it could still could take place within sort of this web they've weaved. They're, and they're wide open to, you know, for, for the prequel, myriad new obviously. characters and all that. But what, what this allows them to do is to, is to dip into that well. And, and I, th- I think using the format and the 24 name, I think that helps them to skirt any issues of, I don't know, Joel Cernow or the other 24 people saying, hey, you rob the real time format from twenty four. That's mine, Yomi royalties. Right. You know, so they're they're keeping it within that that that, and it's kind of its own genre. Like twenty four was its own thing. There's there's been no real time television shows that have have run away with that format. It belongs to twenty four. So I'm sure Fox, it makes sense to keep it under that banner. Let Disney, that Disney cut him a check. That's you know, it. it's like um, it's the same deal with uh, like, like I, I, uh, the CSIs. Like yeah, yeah, regular CSI, which which started out in Vegas, and then all of a sudden we had Miami, and we had New York, and then all these other. I think there was like a couple other. Oddball yeah. spinoffs that came out of that. There was at least three or four Law and Orders. Yeah, there was a couple of NCISs, so now which have, was a spinoff uh, itself. And then, so for twenty four, going in the legal thriller instead of that gong gong thing, right. you, you have Jack Bauer going, "Damn it!" <laughs> and kicking a Christmas tree. Um, so the only thing I'm I'm not I, I'm, I'm a twenty four fan. I I love twenty four. I didn't watch Legacy. The the that's the the reboot with yeah. the uh, the newer all, no Jack Bauer and all all new people. I didn't actually watch any of that. Um, I, I had intended to, and then it got eviscerated in the reviews, and I just never devoted the time to right. it. Uh, maybe I'll try it just to say I tried it, and yeah, I'm a twenty four fan, so let me see if I can get through any of it. But I, I just the the prequel thing and doing a, a basically a young Jack Bauer uh, I, that I'm. That I'm leery of because I, I don't – those are very tough shoes to fill and it's a very difficult role to – to. I, there's, absolutely, there's absolutely nobody that comes to mind currently working that, that I think could pull off a young Kiefer Sutherland. But, but let, me, let me say in defense of that, and I, I agree with you. There's I, always somebody. could always be – you know, find the right nobody. Right. You got somebody in there. I don't say they don't exist. I just can't think of one. I had a similar thought process, yeah. right? But then I thought back to myself, but I thought that about – Harrison Ford and Solo. Yeah. And I was very, I was pleasantly 
surprised, happy, and talk about excited you know, about solo icons. Right, exactly. So, really, so, if, if you have somebody that's uh, yeah. that that slightly more the of an icon than uh, Jack Bauer in Twenty Four, yeah. But but I mean that's that's what I mean. And like I agree with you. I ha- I always have that hesitation. Right. But having now experienced Solo, it's it's like I have that hesitation. But there's a footnote. Yeah, I'm hesitant, <laughs> but I'm but I'm I'm ready to give it a shot. Right. Exactly. Because the in, the overall character of Jack Bauer is a great character. I love. Sure. Uh, so, you know, if, if somebody can take that on and, and give it, uh, give it the justice it deserves, then, uh, I'm, I'm all for giving a shot. I'm, I'm just concerned. No, <laughs> I, for I'm sure. I'm hesitant, uh, at, uh, at whether or not that can be pulled off, but we'll see. All right. Um, Matt Reeves, while talking about his upcoming Batman Matt Reeves. project, said that it will not be based on Frank Miller's year one. And the first thing I read when I read that headline is... Who fucking cares? Like, I'm gl- okay, great. I don't want it to be based on year well, one, to be honest was, with this you. This was a huge amount of speculation going into that. Everybody's like, it's going to be year one. It's going to be year one. They're adapting year one. Uh, and I don't know. I don't know if that started in a blog somewhere or or if it was an L maybe thing or I don't know where that rumor mill came from. But everybody was salivating that this it's just going to be an, it's going to be an adaptation of year one. We can't wait. We can't wait. And he just put that to bed and uh, and a lot I, of heads exploded when that information. Hit. I, I kind it's, of feel like it everybody... started because it started because they want um, Affleck or Affleck wants out. And the thought process was then they'll just go younger. And if you go younger with Batman, what story do you do? Well, you can right. do the origin story again, I guess. But year one is really the most we've ever seen of year one would have been the Christian Bale first Batman movie, Correct. Dark Knight. Yeah, whatever. Which is, which is why it'd be uh, crazy to do it now. Like we 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 essentially yeah. have a cinematic year one. It's there's uh, there's no need to do an origin right. anymore. So but he, so here's the thing though. First of all, um, and you have to read what he says carefully. But at this point. I mean, Warner Brothers hasn't followed any actual comic book story. Everything has been so loosely sort of based on. So that's first of all. So why would we think that suddenly they would actually adapt year one? Exactly. And secondly, would year one actually make sense and work with the Batman that we now have in current time? I mean, it could, I guess. I I mean, you'd have to do some shoehorning, but... and third, is that Batman that Matt Reeves is doing part of the overall DC universe? It is. That part it is. Of, it uh, is. There, there's. He's kind of vague about that too. Like, yeah, there's not some entirely, little gray uh, area there at the end of that like, article. His final quote, uh, if I may, he's like, "There are ways in which all of this connects to DC, to the DC universe as well." Uh, we're one piece of many pieces, so I don't want to comment on that except to say that I'm focused very specifically on this aspect of the DC world. So it, it almost it almost reads to me like he's playing the same game that they've been playing all along with with Shazam, right? Where it's Correct. like, yeah, it's tied, but maybe it's not. We'll see. <laughs> it's it's a it's a big hedging of a bet. I feel um, you. You remember what we said when they made that announcement about the the Shazam movie, which was effectively, if the universe takes off and is doing good, yeah, we'll tie it in, or if it remains the shit pile that, that it is. We're way, way over here, not connected. Yeah, no, so. I, I hear you. Right. Um, so, you know, and he goes on to say in the article that, you know, he it, it might be a year one type story. He doesn't say this exactly, but what he kind of says was, yeah, it might be that type of story, but it's not going to actually be an adaptation of year one. And to anybody that was really genuinely upset about it not being year one, um, 
I have two questions for you. My first question for you is, are you a fan of the current DC film universe? And if yes, then okay. I get why you might be upset. If the answer is no, and you're not a current fan of the DC film universe, you should be happy that it's not year one. Correct. Because why would you want them to take something that you love? Yep. And, poten- and, and potentially it that gut it. Shit. And potentially gut it and, 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 and turn it into mush. Right? See, I, I take all of these things. I'm taking all these projects one at a time at this point. Each and every one, one at a time. Um, I'm trying to give each and every one its own go. You know, in much in the same way that I'm okay with the Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie, you know, like just take it for what it is. It doesn't need to be your one. Let Matt Reeves do his own thing. I, you know, I am excited about a Matt Reeves Batman film. I'm not going to lie about that. Oh God, yeah. Batman is the only thing out of that universe that I really like so far. I, that's not true. I like Wonder Woman, but yeah. But I thought, but I think Batman is probably a is been a pretty good portrayal thus far. Oh, I'm yeah. okay with Batman, so yeah, go for it. Knock yourself out. But I don't need to see Frank Miller's year one. I'd prefer no. not to. Give me something original. Exactly. Give me something to bite into. You know, give me something to enjoy. Open up my eyes. Because you know why? Because if I go in with the expect with the expectations of year one and you don't give me year one, then I'll be yeah. upset. So just give me something new that I can yep. hopefully enjoy. Yep, yep, yep. Right? I mean, that's it. Get that erase the potential for headcanon. Because as we've talked about on this show plenty of times, headcanon is is the worst thing you can have nowadays. And it's th- the th- worst thing you right. can have. This is what I love about how how Marvel has established this this unprecedented universe of theirs where it's pe- people have been you know, a lot of complaints we've seen them as as far ahead as uh, as uh Ryan Gar for God's sake and even right. Infinity War. Well, this isn't like how it happened in the book. None of this has been like how it's happened in the book. The Marvel Cinematic Universe is very clearly its own reality. Of of these Marvel characters, so yeah, I agree. Don't, we don't we don't need adaptations of the of right. these books. We have the books. Right. Um, Speaking of uh, yeah. Marvel Universe, uh, check out that next article. Yeah, I'm, about the the anti universe. So I'm I'm both <laughs> I'm both excited and sad about this. Um, the excitement comes from, um, you know, in the long list of villains that people normally rattle off when you say who is your favorite Spider-Man villain. Right. I don't know how often Craven the Hunter. He's not frequent. Comes up. And he should be because he's phenomenal. Craven is one of my favorite Spider-Man villains. He's an incredible Spider-Man villain and one of his most formidable. I have been saying since the first Tobey Maguire movie that Craven is the villain that they should be using. Yeah. Because I, I confirm, um, I, I think he's a really good grounded character. Yep. He doesn't have a bunch of gizmos and gadgets. He is pure adrenaline. He is pure competition. He is extremely formidable. Um, he's got some of the great, he's got some great storylines through the years in the comic books. Um, so I'm excited. And he's got a movie in which he's not going to fight Spider-Man. Well, right. So, Potentially. So, right, exactly. <laughs> so this, this Craven the Hunter spinoff film that is potentially coming from Sony Pictures that is part of Sony's Marvel Universe, which as of right now still may or may not be part of the rest of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Until depending that on who final you ask. credit rolls at the end of Venom, I, I refuse to believe that they're not going <clears> to <throat> sneak some form of connection of the MCU in there, and I will leave uh, very sad if, if indeed they are sticking to those we're not connected guns because that right. would be 
preposterous. So where I could almost see where Venom could have a movie without Spider-Man. I don't think it makes sense. But Venom, Venom through the years has had his own books where he has fought a plethora of people that right. are not Spider-Man. Other symbiotes and... You know, I, I, Fantastic Four, I think, at one point in time. Right. and all the, A bunch of people, right? So that's fine. But Craven, at, at least, and I, I apologize. I apologize profusely if I am forgetting because someone's going to call me out on it if I am. But Craven primarily has always been just a Spider-Man foe. Like, I don't know that he, I don't remember him ever having his own spinoff series. And if he did, I don't know who the villain in that was. So who does Craven fight? In a movie, in yeah. his own movie. I, I, Rhino? I, yeah, I have no... Well, he's going, going for the horn. <laughs> right, like, who does... Scorpion. Yeah, right, exactly. Except that Scorpion has already been introduced in the MCU. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So, unless you're going to pull him over, you can't go, Scorpion. So, who does Craven fight? Who does you Craven fight? Here's the other problem. The other problem is, you can't make every villain uh, of Spider-Man's an anti-hero. No, and certainly not Craven. There right. is it's nothing. Not re- there is nothing redeemable about Craven. Not one. Not thing. ever through the years. Not you can, one thing. There have been times where the Vulture has been redeemable when they when they've toyed around with his daughter being sick and all that motivational right, right, right. shit. There are times where Doc Ock has been somewhat re- redeemable they, through Superior Spider-Man and they some ha- of that And other they handled stuff. both of those well in the films, right. too. Venom has always sort of been a weird anti-hero. Yeah. Even in his origins, he sort of had this weird affinity for the innocent, just not Spider-Man. Like, Craven, as again, at least Craven as far as I villain. can remember, he has never been, there's been nothing redeemable about him. He is him. a villain with a capital V. Exactly. The end. Yeah, yeah. Goblin as well. Like yep. the original Green Goblin, I don't think there's anything that's ever been redeemable about original Green Goblin. Like, like just Craven is just a bad guy. Yep. So who is he fighting? Is he fighting another hero? Is he fighting? Are they going to introduce like Silk? Is this where they, is this where Silk comes into play? Right. Um, although we've heard that Silk might be making an appearance in one of the other Spider-Man movies. So like, I don't know where they go with Craven. I don't, I don't know where they go with Craven. So I'm excited. I'll tell you one thing, probably part of the, uh, issue of bringing him to film is how do you make those slippers work? (laughs) (laughs) No, look, you just, you just adapt them nicey, nice, you know, sure. No, it's fine. Some good boots and a big knife and you're fine. There you go. All right, so let's move past Craven. Work for Crocodile Dundee. There you go. That's what I'm screaming. ALF. There is an ALF reboot currently in development over at Warner Brothers TV. Um, <laughs> this, is, this is amazing that we're going to spend time talking about this. Well, I love it. So, so here's why we're going to spend time, because I almost didn't put this on the prep sheet. I almost glossed over it, right? right? Because my initial reaction was, really, ALF? But then I thought about it, and I'm like, well... In a time where we talk about the effect of aliens in our culture on every level and how we treat them and the comedic uh, outlet that ALF can provide, I can see ALF being rebooted. I'm okay with it. I I think that'll fly. There's a huge problem with all of this, though. What? Because Paul Fusco wants to put this together. He's the uh, the original uh puppeteer and voice of ALF. Okay. And uh, once that show gets underway, uh, it's a matter of time before folks on Twitter 
alerts Warner Brothers Television, and I guess maybe NBC again if they're the ones uh, that are running it, yeah. uh, of a certain little clip of ALF on YouTube uh, from behind the scenes. Yeah. Wait, have you ever seen this or not? No. It's the end of ALF. Uh, it's a, he'll, he'll be fired immediately. There's behind the scenes. Just look up racist ALF oh, on YouTube. No. And it's legit. Oh, like yeah. Behind the scenes footage of, of Paul Fusco. Uh, he's, he's dropping the N-bomb right and left oh, behind the scenes. It's, it's unnerving because it's ALF. It's, right. it's actually ALF. And the first time I heard that, it was, it was honestly devastating because I watched ALF as a kid. Um, but I'm telling, it's all it's going to take is, is somebody's going to call that archived to the attention of Warner Brothers and the, and the show's over anyway. So, uh, yeah, it, we'll have it briefly. I'm, I'm good with, uh, I'm good with your plan, OG, in this day and age and, and aliens and so on and so forth and, and, and that kind of thing. Um, only way I'm watching this though, is if Yakov Shmirnov oh, oh, is wow. the co-star. Oh, look, I, I, I... <laughs> Wow. What a country! <laughs> um, I was I I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I was always a fan of Alf, even the cartoon, yeah. the cartoon that took place on Melmac. <laughs> Remember? How mm. are they gonna get around Alf eating cats? Mm. Uh, is that is, is that gonna be a problem? I mean, yeah, is, is yeah, that yeah, not that, PC? That could, that could be a thing. I, I don't know. Is, 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 I don't know. Uh, yes, right, exactly. Will says in that case, Small Wonder could be redone. There you go. Any of those shows could be. Uh, Third Rock from the Sun could come back. <laughs> Small Wonder has been rebooted. They call it Westworld now. That, that's right. Wow, that's uh, that's. <laughs> um, that's all right, good. In Soviet Russia, geek stuff. You. Yeah. Here's a uh, here's here's something. <laughs> uh, Here's here's a little something that I'm I'm actually very very excited about. Uh, yeah, uh, mainly I'm I mean the name tied to it alone's got me going. Animal Farm, um, from Andy Circus, an Animal Farm yep. film from Andy Circus is coming to Netflix. Um, I call shenanigans. Why? Because where is the Watership Down movie? Oh, okay. look, I mean I understand that that's its own thing, but who knows what happened with that. That that died somewhere. I wonder still, if he, I wonder if not, he is, it's still on their production sheet. It's I know. still supposed to come out this year. Something must have happened. I wonder if there was a I problem guess. with the rights or the family. Um, but that said, um, I'm going to just read one of uh, one of Andy Circus's quotes. Or do you want to read it, PK? Do you have it there in front of you? Uh, is it uh, the very the We Are Incredibly one? Yeah. Uh, we are incredibly excited to have finally found the perfect creative home in Netflix for this extraordinarily zeitgeist work by George Orwell. <laughs> On top of that, to be reunited with my great friend Matt Reeves with his acute sensitivity, storytelling intelligence and honesty and command in this realm is to have the very best scenario for our long-held passion to bring this fable to, uh, to alive. To alive? That's <laughs> some interesting print there. But yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, look, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Animal Farm. It's one of my favorite Orwell books. Um, I reread it, you know, every I mean, 10 years or so whenever with, I see it with, pop up somewhere. Have you read it with the kid yet? No, he's too young. Better get him started. Now. I, I think the first time I want to say the first time I read Animal Farm was fifth grade, and then I read it again wow. in high school. Um, and so, you realize, of course, that this has already been done twice. Once as an animated film yep. from the I want to say the forties, yep, maybe the fifties. Something and right. as a live action piece, much in the way that they're touting they're going to do it here, um, was done by TBS in the 90s. Was that the one that Kelsey Grammer was a voice Correct. That, wasn't and he? Patrick Stewart, yeah, I believe, yeah, as well, I if that. I remember correctly. Yes, I do recall this. But, you know, 
again, if if it can re- be revisited every twenty years in film and in book, it can be revisited every so often in film. This is actually the kickoff film for the Babe Pig in the City uh, cinematic universe. It, it, that's right. That's what they have. Is that what it is? Yet. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's, 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 that'll do, Pig. That'll do. <laughs> All right. Um. Um, is that even how anti circus sounds? I, I it, it might be. <laughs> no, it isn't. But I just let it go. <laughs> um, here's something. I'm skipping that next one on there because we're running a little bit long, and uh-huh. it's really not that important. But the next one is very important, as far as I'm concerned. Oh God, yes. Um, coming this goes back to our intro music. Yes, coming in September through Fathom Events. I'm really going to try my hardest to go see this. Yep. Um, the 1986 Transformers film is coming back to theaters. Transformers yes. the movie. Coming to theaters Thursday, September 27th at 7 p.m., wherever you might be. That's a uh, – I'm looking at a birthday gift to myself uh, so, for this particular Fathom event. Yeah, they, um, they've they already gone on sale. Oh, shit. I hope it hasn't sold out. Um, uh, probably not. But, uh, yeah, I, 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 w- I want to go see that on the on the biggish screen. That'll be a treat. That'll There's definitely be a treat. You can take the boy, too. That's when I can – and he, he's actually seen it already. Um oh. I'll probably he was young. He might have only been three or so at the time, or four. Um, but uh, those are those are as 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 young Frodo refers to those. Um, can we watch Daddy's Transformers? Nice, Daddy's um, Transformers. Right. <laughs> well, because because he watches um, or he watched Rescue Bots. Right. He watched Prime. Um, is it really Daddy's Transformers though? If you were what in your later college years when this movie came out? <laughs> yep. Anyway, <laughs> uh, here's another one that just doesn't need to be made because I kind of feel like this movie itself is already a prequel. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't to a that. life lesson, right? Am I mistaken? So Fox is developing a Sandlot prequel. Um, I, I don't get it at all. I I would sooner. Uh, expect a Sandlot reunion film that would make more sense, right? Like the kids, see where they're of, at, at this like point. the kids of the original yeah. members of the Sandlot, etc., cetera, uh, etc. Cetera. I, I just, I, what are they going to be in in preschool? Yes, I'm sorry, I just looked in the chat room no. and Will said, "Babe becomes Spider Man." <laughs> spider Man. Yeah. Yeah, we were off. Jay uh, and I were already laughing at that. Sorry, my apologies. Late to the show, but yeah. So, I, I mean, I kind of feel. I'm sorry, that's really funny. I kind of feel like Sandlot <laughs> is already. It's it's like a prequel in and of itself. In that he is reminiscing about his childhood. Yeah. So what is what what is this going to be about? When they went when he was when he was four. His first uh, baseball it, bat was it? It, it was it was about t ball. The dog was young. You're right, yeah, right. <laughs> like, what? Puppy years. Yeah, you know, like what? I, it, it just doesn't make any sense. Here's here's a really classic example though of a studio who sees that a movie so many years later still has a big, huge fan following, and they they think stupidly that they have to do something with it. You know, they have to capitalize or monetize it in a new way. Because they can't just leave it well enough alone. Now, that said, I wouldn't mind at all, like uh, PK said, I think it was PK said this, that um, if it was a reunion film, where are the characters 20 years later or something like that? That makes sense. You know, like the second part of it is where those characters 25 years later or whatever it is. That makes sense. (laughs) But to do a prequel to The Sandlot just is... It just doesn't make any and, sense. That's like doing a prequel to the Little Rascals, right? Exactly. You know, like <laughs> it's like doing a prequel to Stand by, by Me. There? 
Mm. <laughs> um, so we should mention quickly that there have been two additional Sandlot films that were direct to video, but neither were direct sequels. Both of those films followed different sets of kids each time. Yes, and both of them sucked. Well, yeah, they went direct so... to video. So I don't know why Fox is fucking doing this. I hope Disney scraps it, to be quite honest with you, but Good. we'll see. Mm. All right, we have, we have a couple more things, so let's try to blow through them quick, and then we can move on with our lengthy second segment of the show. Uh, Margot Robbie's Birds of Prey movie uh, has announced its villain. The foe is going to be Black Mask. Now, for me, this is, again, a double-edged sword. I happen to like Black Mask. Right. I think he's an interesting villain. I liked him in the comics. I liked him in the video game series. Um, I even liked him. I'd go so far as to say... Brace yourselves, folks. I even like the version of him that they did on Gotham. Wow. Might be one of the only things I could oh. say I liked about Gotham. Damn. Yeah, are you, do you Write that down. Write down the time. Mark, mark the time. The day. 6.34 p.m. Hey, would you like to call in and make fun of OG for liking something that came out of Gotham? Give us a call at the GVM line. 201-730-BKGS. There you go. Are you kidding me? Are you seriously kidding me? No, I, seriously, his his one or two his one or two episode run on Gotham was actually halfway decent. Look, one of the biggest problems that Gotham had, I mean, there was a lot of problems, but one of the biggest problems was their main villain was the awful, terrible Jada Pinkett Smith as Fish Fuckface, whatever her character's name was. <laughs> right? It should have been about honestly. The entire that entire show should have focused on Penguin and then Riddler. That should have been their two major villains. And they they peed all over Riddler waiting to develop him. And they kept on sidelining Penguin for fucking Jada Pinkett Smith. Ugh. Anyway, so the one or two episode storyline with Black Mask I thought was pretty good. So here's the here the downside of this to me is first of all I don't feel like I need a Margot Robbie Birds of Prey movie. Second of all, I am still concerned that they're saying that she is going to headline the Birds of Prey movie and I am still concerned that they're going to somehow make her Birds of Prey rather than the main villain. We don't She's the villain. No, that's what the article says. Oh, does she's it the say villain. that she's the villain? I yeah. read this article. I don't remember. I must have missed that. Where does it say that? Birds of Prey style project was initially announced ahead of the release of Suicide Squad, uh, developing the film with Robo, uh, Robbie's Harley Quinn as the villain, and featuring a number of female DC characters. Oh, I, I must I've read this two times tonight, and I must have missed that. All right, well then, uh, I mean, I, I still, I look, anything as a follow-up to Suicide Squad is still, bleh, but I'll give it a chance. I honestly, I thought, uh, I didn't read that originally, so I apologize. So it'll, I guess it'll be interesting to see who they include in the Birds of Prey then. I mean, presumably it'll be Batgirl, Batgirl Huntress, Huntress, and Canary? Barbara Gordon, Canary. It could be. Mm-hmm. Can- it doesn't say really, does it? It doesn't. But I mean, I would I, again. I would think. I mean, traditional Birds of Prey is Huntress, Batgirl, and Canary. So. I would think that's that's at least your your kickoff point where they go from there is, I guess, up to anybody. But we'll see. Uh, what do we have here? What do we have here? Okay, good. We have two things that tie together, and then one thing that's separate. So let's do the separate thing first, and then we'll do the tie together's. Uh, Patrick Stewart is going to be the lead in a new Star Trek series. Yes, he is. I wonder. I wonder what size the truck was. 
Oh, the, yeah. the truck of money. He's been he's been talking about this for a while too. So I I, I remember I, mean, I, I remember ten or so years ago. I feel like he he had talked about if given the opportunity to return, he to would that revisit role, this. Yeah. He would revisit that role. So now we got That's an old man Jean Luc happening. Every time they talk about bringing Star Trek back in any form, he's the first person they go to. It's been that way for years. He is always the first person they go to. Like, I don't think this is a contractual thing. Like, I don't think he has the first right of refusal or anything like that. But what I think is that they always go to him first. They, you can't deny the popularity, one, of his Jean-Luc Picard character. Two, you can't deny the fact that he is a huge presence in the geek community between Star Trek and Professor X. Uh, 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 fame and fortune and all those things. You can't deny both of those facts from a box office or a bankable standpoint. You got to ask Patrick Stewart first, for sure. And yeah. I just, I just think at this point, whatever his conditions were for coming back and what is presumably, uh, presumably headlining this new show, they must have said yes to whatever it is he wanted. If he wanted a comfy chair. And uh, he wanted, uh, you know, 10% of all proceeds of the show to go to helping, uh, you know, dogs find homes or whatever. They gave him whatever he wanted and well-deserved. Where, where, let me ask, where does Discovery take place? In space. In the Star Trek <laughs> timeline. <laughs> I know that it is separate from the film universe, but where does it take place in, like, the TV universe? Uh, it's prior to the original uh, the original series, correct? Prior is to it? Captain Pike and all that? Is, oh, I don't know. Is it? I believe so. Okay. I have not watched a single so, episode, so I, I can't I, speak I, so, for certain. But. So, I mean, I, look, I, I've never seen a single episode of The Next Generation. It's not Kelvin timeline, PK? I, I don't know which timeline it is, it's in, but I, I, I believe it takes place before all of that. Uh, if only, it, it may take place in the Kelvin timeline eventually. That could... But we can the answer to all of this. In the thing. meantime, while while he's searching, there's a, there's a great quote from uh, Patrick Stewart, which I'll uh, I'll read for us uh, as well. It goes, um, <clears throat> "I will always be very proud to have been a part of Star Trek: The Next Generation, but when we wrapped that final movie in the spring of 2002, I truly felt my time with Star Trek had run its natural course. It is therefore an unexpected but delightful surprise to find myself excited and invigorated to be returning to Jean-Luc Picard and to explore new dimensions with him." So yeah, uh, does uh, was already. Sir Patrick uh, sick when he that's, made that's, that that's quote? That, that's his voice, isn't it? That's he, how it goes. He he had he had claw disease. Um, so Star <laughs> Trek Discovery takes place ten years before the original Adventures of Kirk and Spock. Oh, ah, okay. okay. Uh, I was whereas this new I show, knew a thing. I figured that out. Yeah. Whereas this new show will be the further adventures of Jean Luc Picard. So, I don't believe that's the official title. No, but that's when it will <laughs> take place after the next generation. So, am I there. wrong, PK? Do you remember the end of? I'm not asking OG because I know he's never seen anything. But uh, <laughs> did 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 Picard? Did he retire at the end of the series, or am I remembering that wrong? I don't. Or am I? I, I think. Or, or was it the episode that they looked a little further into the future, and Jordy had his eyes back and. Like, I think they were visiting Picard in his stately Wayne Manor or something. Am, am I remembering that <laughs> I, wrong? I unfortunately, I don't recall. It's been so, 
so so long since I've seen the yeah, uh, the finale too. of the show. In fact, I haven't seen it. I don't think since the first time it aired. So details wow. like that escape me. Uh, but as far as where he landed in the film franchise, um, I, the final one what was the final uh, Next Generation film. Was that? it wasn't Insurrection? Insurrection was it? or no? It was it was after that the Tom Hardy one. Uh, Nemesis was the no the, Insurrection came after Nemesis, didn't it? No, Nemesis I think was was the the very last one. And how that wrapped up with Jean Luc, I, I am not entirely sure. But okay, uh, and and to be honest. You know how the timeline is affected now with the Kelvin timeline in, in, is in existence. It's really—I mean—they can do literally anything and uh, and say, "Oh yeah, this was uh, this is in this time frame." Maybe that's the show. Maybe they explored Picard. Maybe they explored Picard at all in the Kelvin timeline. Yep, could be. <laughs> all right, that'd be interesting. The last two bits that we can talk about here, um, because neither of them really make sense. Um, so Warner Brothers is going to be developing a Supergirl movie. So to yet further fraction or fracture, separate, divide its film and TV universe, they're going to take an established character, another established character from the TV universe, and uh, create a totally different version of that character for film. Yeah, why not? I mean, at this point. <laughs> at this point, why not? So there's that. I'm not talking about that anymore. Um um, and as far as the other thing, uh, the CW announced earlier this year that Batwoman would be making a debut in the CW universe in this year's four, uh, episode crossover. So right. the holiday release, it has since been announced that in addition, there is going to be a Batwoman TV series. She's getting her own right. series that's going to go into development. That has been cast as of today, too, by the way. That has been cast. We're and going to talk about that in one sec. That, yep. I, I um, that's problematically cast. <laughs> um, and Batwoman, uh, Batman, rather, will not be making an appearance on that show. Yeah, why which, would he? Why, why would, he? would he? I mean, they, they've, introduced con they've introduced the concept of Gotham. They've introduced the concept of Batman without naming him. Right. Um. And if he shows up on that show, I mean, maybe at some point down the line, he could show up a la the same way Superman eventually showed up on Supergirl. Right. I could see that in like one episode. Hi, how's it going? Yeah, gone. and then gone. But uh, at least to kick things off, not so much he there. He walks on screen, says, I'm Batman. And then. And walks off screen. Exactly. And then do you no, want to talk no, about no. the casting? No, he oh, comes no. on. You know, he comes on and he says, I'm not wearing hockey pads. <laughs> Best Batman line ever. Um, so yeah, the the casting of this. So they announced today it's been cast with uh, with uh, Ruby Rose, uh, who I think first started getting real notoriety in more mainstream circles uh, because of her appearance on the second or third season of Orange Is the New Black. Um, she is a, uh, I mean, she's a stunning, stunning woman. Yep. Uh, absolutely uh, uh, gorgeous, tattooed creature. And uh, she is uh, is remarkable to uh, to look at. She is uh, also she also fits the representation of the LGBTQ uh, plus community. Uh, as she is uh, she is out as I believe bisexual. I don't think she's a lesbian. Okay. Um. So she she uh, brings represent representation to the table too, which is excellent because Batwoman is an out lesbian character. Correct. This is established. Ru and Ruby Rose is that the name? Ruby Rose. Yes. Uh, I have the, to look her up. The problem with this is. Ruby Rose can't 
act. I've heard some people complain that she's not a great actress. She is. Uh, she, she appeared in Oranges of the New Black. She was beautiful to look at, but she they could have used a cardboard cutout of her and gotten more emotional resonance uh, out of out of her doing that very same thing. Uh, she's popped up in other places as uh, as well. Um, she's uh, also she's in the Meg. I think most uh-huh. most recently she popped up in Triple X. Uh, and I'm drawing a blank on what else she's chimed in on, but, uh, I, I, yeah, she's, and li- I'll give her the benefit of the doubt. We'll give her a shot. Right. I mean, listen, a- acting coaches can do wonderful, remarkable things. You can also work a lot of magic in the editing room. So maybe it'll come off great, but I, I'm not optimistic because uh, she is extraordinarily painfully wooden in everything I've seen her in so far. I wonder though, um, as a character like Batwoman, who is a bit standoffish, a bit stoic, a bit solo, uh, you know, meaning operates within her own space and not, right. doesn't play well with others, that kind of thing. Right. I wonder if her cardboardiness will almost work in the character's favor. That it could be helpful, yeah. Did you, does that make sense? At, at least under the mask. Under yeah. the mask. Yeah. You know, maybe she won't be a great, you know, I, I apologize. I don't know Batwoman's, I can't recall her, uh, her, her, her alter ego. Jesus fucking Christ, I'm drawing a blank on it right now. Um, um, Kate yeah. Kane, sorry, yes. Kate Kane. Um, so maybe it'll work in that regard. I don't know. Um, uh, with the exception of Legends of Tomorrow, I'm not watching any of those CW shows anymore. Although I probably will check out the four episode crossover because those kind of those tend to be a little bit fun by themselves, and so I might be able to stomach that. Um, you're you're not even making your way through Arrow anymore. Oh no, I quit Arrow. I quit Arrow. I quit Flash. I quit Supergirl. Legends wow. of Tomorrow is the only one, and I'm, st- and that's partially because Constantine is still on it as a regular, and I actually enjoy that show as opposed to right. all the other fucking shows. Um, so I'll give her a shot there, and, yeah. I, and, I, and I'll, I'll see. Damn. How and uh, Mark Pedowitz, who's uh, the president of the the CW uh, network and uh, and overseeing the shows, uh, you know, he confirmed all this today about Batman not appearing and and, and clarified the position uh, about uh, Batman's place. Uh, he uh, he's quoted as saying. There's no discussion about a series. <laughs> Batman already exists in the Arrowverse because last season Oliver Queen mentioned his name at one point, and Batwoman, if the series goes forward, lives in Gotham. But there's no plan at this time to have Batman appear. <laughs> and there so it that's is. Mark Pedowitz. Uh, so, speaking. but you know what though? Again, I'll, I'll dead on. I'll harken back to Supergirl. If you remember, there was no chance in hell that there that Superman was going to appear, and then all of a sudden. They, they cast that guy, Tyler. Um, yeah. Who, by the way, who, by the way, was was brilliant as Superman. He did an amazing job as Superman. Um, and he appeared a couple of times on the show. So who knows? Maybe Batman down the line eventually. Yeah. Um, sure. I, I did read one website today. Um, I accidentally there's a website that I have blocked. From appearing on my Facebook feed. Okay. Because people that I know and like, like this website and like to link to this website a lot. And I find this website really aggravating. So I accidentally, it is not maybe no. So I accidentally clicked the link on this website today. I didn't realize where it was. Uh, And I got literally halfway through the first sentence and I realized where I was. (laughs) (laughs) And I did that. Back it up. I, Back it up. I did the Kool Aid Man. Back 
Yep. I did the Kool Aid Man stepping back after crashing through the wall from Family Guy. Oh yeah! But yep. the but the immediate the halfway through the first yeah. sentence was they were really excited about the casting choice that they had chosen an LGBT character. They were um they were really upset that it wasn't also a person of color and that there was not enough diversity in the. And then I looked at the address and I said, "Uh oh, and I left. (laughs) So um, I'm not going to say, I don't, I don't even want to say their name. No, but I like, you got it down to the word where you broke off. Yeah. So, um, so there is, so I, there is some other controversies surrounding this character. I don't want to spend a lot of time on it. I don't want to make any listeners upset for us addressing, you know, potential Twitter rage and ire. We'll leave that to itself. Yep. But, uh, but there it is. Very good. So I think with that, Big Kev, PK. With that, yes. yes. Anybody? Bueller? I don't know. Let's take a break. How about that? Let me do it. (laughs) All right. With that, uh, gentlemen, we will take our first and only and final uh, break on this episode of Big Kev's Geek Stuff, episode 508, the one we've yet to title. Ahoy, hoy! Welcome to Game Stuff. I'm your host, Coke Logic. After a long time in early access on PC, Dead Cells has finally been released on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch. A side-scrolling hack and slash where you spend each attempt trying to pick up the best weapons along the way to defeating a boss. But each time you play is different, as the weapons and stage layouts are randomly generated. It's kind of like Rogue Legacy. Dead Cells is getting very high scores and very much worth checking out. And it's out now for $20 on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One, and $25 on Nintendo Switch. This is Coke Logic signing off for Game Stuff. Build your own R2-D2, the ultimate interactive droid. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. Call toll-free now on 877-544-6779 or go to buildr2d2.com and we'll send you your first monthly pack, including four magazines and model parts. All for just $9.99. Your R2-D2 model comes complete with voice recognition, sensors, remote control app and camera, plus magazines packed with fascinating behind-the-scenes facts. Explore the amazing world of building the galaxy, droid directory, understanding robotics, as well as your easy step-by-step assembly guide. Start building your favorite droid today. This offer is not available in stores, so go online to buildr2d2.com or call toll-free now and get your first monthly pack for just $9.99 today. Model Space. to name the further adventures of geek stuff i'm naming it now <laughs> star trek the next let's bunch of a, guys let's call it old flying man. the enterprise through the skies all right jordy uh, laforge has no eyes old man geek data stuff. wants to be one of the guys 
Of course, during Sorry. the break. Thank you. Thank you for your lovely, awful rendition um, of life. Um, so during the break. No problem. <laughs> during the break, of course, we heard from our good friend, uh, Coke Logic. Briefly. Uh, briefly. Um, we're going to be hearing from our friend West Coast Scott and our friend uh, Jung as well, correct? Uh, yeah, Are we, we going to be um, putting the Instagram back on? It is on, sir. It, it, it is on. So, oh, so, is it? Yes, Indeed. It is. Um, so, um, so yes. Oh, uh, don't forget, of course, we heard is. from our sponsor, BuildR2D2, BuildR2D2.com. Um, you can check out all of the awesomeness that is this um, build-it-yourself uh, electronic R2-D2. It's a subscription service. You get a piece each month. Um, it, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a fantastic bit with the working lights and sounds and all sorts of app remote control and beautiful features. You have to go check it out. Give them a call if you'd like to subscribe. Uh, yes. And you can reach them at 877-544-6779. And, uh, we know that they're moving forward with their next project. They've already announced it. We'll probably be talking about that again very soon, but for now, oh, oh hell yeah. We're going to be talking about that a lot, but for now stick with build R2D2, build R2D2.com. So again, thank you uh, to them for being an awesome sponsor. Thank you to Coke logic for game stuff. Let's go to Jung's Gen Con. Okay. I think we can Jung, do that. Jung has his own Gen Con? He does. Nice. So uh, it was Jung Con. We'll Jung Con. All right. Here we go. Jung Con. Hey, guys. It's Jung. Um, I'm walking right now for day four at Gen Con. I'm basically running on fumes at this point. But I've had so much fun. I, I'm thinking that this is better than Comic Con. Everyone's nicer. There's not as many people. It smells worse. And not and people aren't as attractive, but it's just been so much fun here in, in Indianapolis. So I recommend it to anybody. I I'm burned out on panels. I'd never want to sit in a panel again. Um, so today is just nothing but board games. Anyway, just thought I'd check in, say hi. Talk to you guys later. Bye. Nice. So so I'm gonna say that the most entertaining person on planet Earth to follow at a convention is Jung. <laughs> I, I could agree with that. Based on, on uh, his uh, contributions to the Discord room over the past, uh, uh, the, the, over the, the extraordinary cons Span. over the past several weeks, uh, he is a, a mightily entertaining person. He was out in San Diego, followed immediately by Gen Con, and um, his photos and his reviews and his experiences are tremendously entertaining to follow. And um, he shares a lot of his experiences over on Discord. And uh, we are hugely appreciative of him for being part of the Geek Stuff community, for sharing that with us, yep. for calling into the show. Um, so thank you, Jung, Special for calling in. Special correspondent, Jung. And that's it. Special con correspondent, Jung, the man of many Jungs. And hey, um, if you're not in a position to uh, to see his wonderful contributions to the Discord room and to the uh, the Geek Stuff canon, as it were, I mean, you can certainly partake in that by uh, by heading over to where, uh, Mr. Uh, OJ? If you just go to uh, Patreon, patreon.com, party on, party on, party on, uh, party backslash BK. <laughs> geek stuff and you join in at any level any level that you pledge gets you access to our discord server so as little as a dollar but as much as you'd like 
get you uh, get you into that business. OG, OG, I think it's really important that we establish boundaries. And I know that we always say, you know, as low as a dollar. And then, you know, we haven't set a lot of ceiling boundaries. I just want to put out there that we would not accept uh, any donation, uh, any subscription uh, that was $1,000 or more. We we would not accept that. So, so that's none of that is true. So, so um, there's a ceiling. So there's boundaries. So there you go. Um, so yeah, so look forward to that. Look forward to, uh, to joining us on Patreon and seeing all the adventures that, that all of our patrons go on and go through. There's a lot of topics of conversation in there. Jung, um, you need to do a better job at plugging yourself. Jung, I know owns, I believe a decal and sticker business and he travels to some of these cons as a vendor with a booth. Um, but it's not on any of his social media pages and I can't find the link. Oh my God. So share that with us so that we can share it with everybody else. Um, Maybe can... he doesn't want it out there. Why would he not want it out there? He's a business. I don't know. But anyway, if I can get to him before the end of the show, I will. Um, but yes. So, um, we have another call that we're going to play now. This is a West coast correspondent and his full review of San Diego Comic-Con. So uh, it's, a, it's, Scott. it's a little bit longer, but it's a bigger con. And Scott always does a fantastic job. Indeed. So uh, sit back and, and enjoy this. Here he is. Hey, guys. It's West Coast Scott with a San Diego Comic-Con report. Sorry, it's a couple weeks late. You know what it's like after a big convention. You just got to take a little time to recover. Uh, I wanted to say that I agree with what I hear. A lot of people saying that this year felt a little lackluster. You know, when Marvel doesn't have anything big to report and DC's biggest thing is Aquaman and Robin saying fuck Batman, there just wasn't that much going on. Uh, You could get into Hall H pretty much most of the time just by showing up and walking in. So it's not like in the past years where you had to camp out to get into Hall H, but I think that's because there's nothing going on in Hall H that's all that exciting. Even the Doctor Who panel where they're announcing, you know, the female Doctor and she was going to be there, they put it on Thursday, so it seemed like that was kind of a strange day to do that. I would also say that uh, The Walking Dead and Fear the Walking Dead, which are normally big draws, I think the shine is kind of off of that apple as well. And there was no Game of Thrones or any big HBO announcements, so... Again, it's just the quality of what is there. I was able to get into the Dr. Horrible 10th anniversary panel with Felicia Day, Joss Whedon, and Nathan Fillion. And so that was a blast, uh, but that was the only Hall H panel that I really went to. Another new thing that they did at San Diego Comic-Con this year was they went to an all-online lottery for exclusives. So you knew before you packed your bags to go if you were going to get the major exclusives like from Funko. Now, some of them would have a standby line, and some of them wouldn't. You know, I stopped by the Funko booth and said, hey, you have to have won the lottery to buy something here, right? And he goes, well, we have a uh, standby line towards the end of the day if we have anything left, which we won't. So, you know, I did swing by on Sunday to take a look, and their shelves were completely empty. There was no pops, a couple of T-shirts, and, like, maybe one or two of the least popular dwarves. On that note, I was on the hunt for Big uh, Big Kev Huna, I think is the new correct terminology. <laughs> and uh, I was surprised that on a Friday evening, the Hasbro booth had no line at all. So the things that were sold out were just gone, but I was able to pick up a couple of the Hasbro exclusives that Big Kev was looking for. So that worked out good. Yes. So that new system really lessened some of the really long lines at the exclusive booths. And I don't know that that was necessarily a good thing for the folks in the booths around these big exclusive 
carriers that are used to the overflow. I was talking to a couple of the artists, and they were saying that it felt really slow in Artist Alley this year because normally there's a giant line of Funko followers up and down Artist Alley waiting to get into that booth. So that might be a dud. I do want to put a quick plug in for Joey Spioto. He's one of my favorite artists, one of my good friends from, from conventions. If you haven't checked out his work, I know OG has his Firefly book from uh, last San Diego Comic-Con. He's got some great work. So check out Joey Spioto, a really excellent artist from Artist Alley. So other things that I was able to do other than the Dr. Horrible reunion panel, I uh, was able to hit the Crazy Ex-Girlfriend panel. We also went to the Crazy Ex-Girlfriend live show at the Balboa Theater outside of San Diego Comic-Con. That's a great show if you're not familiar with it. If you like musicals like my wife and I do, definitely check that out. But that was a pretty good panel. If you like Doctor Who, if you're a fan of John Barrowman, we went to the Anything Goes with John Barrowman panel. We always try to catch this panel at any convention where John Barrowman is at. So he's Captain Jack Harkness from Doctor Who and Torchwood. He's also Malcolm Merlin on Arrow. John Barrowman is hilarious. It's His panel is always called Anything Goes with John Barrowman, and he basically tells funny, fairly off-color stories, and uh, it's just a blast. So if you ever get to go to a John Barrowman panel, I highly recommend that. And as usual, there's a whole bunch of stuff going on outside of the convention that you did not need a badge for, and the lines for those were long as usual. The NBC's The Good Place took over a whole section of the gas lamp area in San Diego. There was a Jack Ryan experience. Adult Swim had its whole section, as it always does, but I heard there was nothing new over there, and I didn't even get over to that. Another thing that's different is they will not let anyone who doesn't have a badge even cross the street to get to the convention center. So that blocks a lot of cosplayers who would hang out right in front of the convention, and also the inside convention prop policies have gotten so much stricter that any weapon type of prop has to be physically strapped to your body. So that can be a challenge for a lot of the cosplayers that put a lot of effort into it. So there's a lot of changes with Comic-Con lately. It is not as fun. My wife put it this way. I went into it with no expectations, expecting it to be a hassle and not all that much fun. So the things that we did were great and it ended up being a pretty good time based on my expectations. Maybe the salad days of San Diego Comic-Con are behind us, or maybe these experiments will eventually make the experience a little bit better for those of us that are lucky enough to get to go. But anyway, I've already rambled way too long on this segment for my friends over at Big Kev's Geek Stuff, so I will sign off. But if you want to hear more, you can find my wife and my podcast, The PieCast, on iTunes. And until then, this is West Coast Scott, at Y-M-I-N-C-A, on Twitter, signing off. Nice. I have no idea if that worked, but I, <laughs> I shifted my headphones over to the, the Instagram We both feed. had the same idea. <laughs> uh, so, so maybe that was audible for, uh, for everybody in the room. I hope yeah. so. But uh, great, uh, great coverage. I know he feels like he, he rambles, but that's a really great coverage. He, does a, of, uh, he always does a great that, job. That was really great. He yeah. always does a great job. So thank you again to West Coast Scott. We always appreciate your coverage. Um, very, West Coast Scott is my hero. Very quickly, I was able to reach out to uh mr jung and um i got the name of his company wait until you see where this company is located so so his company is called cosmic signs and design okay um they're in south dakota uh you can reach out to them cosmic sign 605 at gmail if you'd like it all right um and they're located in wakanda 
South Dakota. Wait, what? W-A-K-O-N-D-A. And nice. I, I looked up the zip code because I'm like, is that a joke? <laughs> and it is not. That wow. is a place in South Dakota. So there it is. So yes, Cosmic Signs and Design. They do stickers and signs and decals, I believe. Cosmic Signs, 605 at gmail.com. If you need that kind of stuff, hit them up. Um, you nice. know, let them know we sent you just cause. Yep. And, uh, you know, show some love and support. I would love a vibranium sign. I think that'd be fantastic. They, 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 they should, should ask them to make you one. It'll last forever. Forever. <laughs> we, will, we will make your signs and stickers. All right. So we are running long as we always do, but... I know that PK is chomping at the bit to talk about Detroit being human or oh, become human. My God. And I want to hear him talk about it because I am really interested in this game. So PK, have at it. Well, here's the deal. Um, unfortunately, if you are listening to this show via normal means, if you're not a, a subscriber, uh, a Patreon subscriber uh, that is currently in the Pardon. room uh, with Instagram, uh, Detroit become, become Human for the PS4 is currently on sale, but that sale ends today the 7th uh as we're recording so if you're in the room and you're interested in this game it is on sale for a very good price it's uh it's like 20 bucks off uh the 60 dollars normal price you can uh you can get that now through the playstation store uh with tax here in jersey came to like 42 bucks and worth every single penny i i'm late to the party on this game it's been released for several weeks now if not a month or more um and this game's come this game comes to us from quantic dream uh these are the folks that are responsible for heavy rain and uh, Beyond Two Souls, which was the Ellen Page, Willem Dafoe uh, game that uh, right, right, right. came out, I believe, around 2012-ish. Uh, I could be off on that timing, maybe 2015. Uh, their MO, their, their style of game is, is more or less these playable, playable movies. Uh, you have a very cinematic style of storytelling. It's not, uh, it's not a scroller. It's not a shooter. It's basically the, the action is unfolding in a, in a beautifully rendered, very cinematic way. Uh, and they've been very good at this ever since Heavy Rain. Heavy Rain is rendered wonderfully. They, they have a great knack for uh, – they, they use motion capture with actual actors and fit this all together. Uh, so like Dragon's Lair. Uh, sort of. Sort of like Dragon's Lair, but certainly much more advanced than that. But it, it's definitely the same kind of idea where you have all sorts of branching paths that you can possibly go. Where with Dragon's Lair, it was you had to hit that remote – or you had to excuse me. You had to hit that controller towards the light at the exact right time and and have him go to that path uh, or die. Those are your two options. Um, Skipping the laser disc yep. to the appropriate place. Yep. Where we're at right now with uh, Detroit is uh, is it, this unparalleled and unprecedented level of decision making and story angles that you can go to. Uh, now I have a friend who uh, who is a fan of this uh, this as well who has not yet picked up the game. Uh, our buddy Jeff, uh, the photographer. Yeah, uh, he's interested in this as well, and he told me that we're, there are like uh, close to a thousand some odd different possibilities that y- you can zip your way around wow. in the world of Become Human. Um, I played the demo, and and what happens at the end of um, at the end of each chapter in uh, Beyond Two Souls, and they do this in uh, Detroit Become Human. You play chapters, uh, and at the end of each chapter, there's basically a flow chart that breaks down you know, all, the whole path that you just played, and it also shows you all these little locked passages that you could have that you could have hit in beyond two souls you have like oh here's this moment you could have done this and you could have done that here's a, another moment you could have done this you could have done that it's like two options yeah. what that could have happened in that thing and that all affects the game as it goes down the line in detroit the flow chart is so big 
you have to scroll it <laughs> through the chapters. So the, the options are insane. I played the demo of the very first chapter, which is called The Hostage. And it's a hostage situation on a roof where you play a, a char- an Android character who has to negotiate with an Android character that's holding a little girl hostage on a roof. Uh, and they're right at the edge of the rooftop. So like if the, the snipers uh, take him out, he's going to bring the girl down with him. Right. It's a whole thing. Um, and I played the demo for this and I had a certain outcome that hit with that. Uh, that unfortunately involved the, the doom of my character. Uh, of uh, of Connor, who I was playing, and then I played it last night. I started this uh, the game for the first time, played that same chapter, and had a radically different outcome, like insanely radically different outcome than what I had in the demo. So it's it's that level of that's crazy of uh, of flexibility you have in the decisions right. that you make and the and the route that this game can possibly go. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. It is stunningly rendered it is it's the cinematics are absolutely beautiful the rendings of the characters and the the uh, there's emotion in their faces like it's not just dead 3d rendered video game characters there's you can catch genuine flickers of emotion in these android characters as well uh they are it's stunning it moves so smooth and uh, what i said before the show uh leading to this this was a um uh, this really is the the next the 2018 modern evolution of what choose your own adventure is. Sure, uh, you're making these decisions. Do you tell uh, Do you tell them this this character forcefully? Are you sympathetic? Uh, are you establishing trust? Uh, are you telling them the truth and just telling it like it is being fact based? And you choose one of those four things, and the adventure unfolds based on on how you choose it. Um, and certain decisions you make impact the overall game. As well, and and things that happen later as you get towards the end game, uh, there is no. The other angle to this is there's no like there's no losing really in any, in any of this. You play through the game and you play through the story, and whether you fail at certain challenges or succeed at certain challenges, you make certain decisions that are uh, maybe not the best ones as you go along. Right. It just guides the story. So every time you play this thing, you are just receiving a different version of the story that's crazy um and so there's really no there's no losing there's no end game there's no you know points to it you're just you're just getting a cinematic story it's an amazing experience i that's awesome i stayed up way too late <laughs> playing this last night because because once you start a chapter you can't stop it yeah, of there's, course, there's of just course. no way um but i can't recommend this game enough even and to be honest i'm glad i paid the sale price for it but to be completely honest, I'm I'm also kind of regretting I wasn't in on this thing on opening day because it's worth every penny of a sixty dollar price tag too. That's how engaged I am by this game. So Quantic Dream, I think, has established what has become my favorite console gaming experience. I uh, I enjoy the Battlefront stuff that I've played. I enjoy the shooters and 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 the VR stuff. I set separately from itself as well. From a video gaming standpoint, just a standard, got a controller, I'm looking at a screen, video game experience. Right. What Quantic Dream produces with these these narrative adventure sort of things, there's nothing like it. And I, I it's my favorite thing to play uh, when I'm not doing VR or, or watching movies on a PlayStation. I'll see if I can, uh, if I can justify swinging it. But uh, if I can, I'll try to grab it tonight. If not, I'm sure I'll get it at some point yeah, down the line. Either I, I way, can't but... recommend enough. The price is good, I guess, through to midnight tonight yeah. for that uh, that $20 off. Uh, but I seriously, I, I can't tout this game enough. And, and it's worth it at 60 bucks. It's worth it at 40 bucks. It's worth it whatever you spend on it. It's, it's, right. it's a very enjoyable experience. And I'm, I'm <laughs> if I'm a quarter of the way through it, I'm a, I'm a long way through it. And like then I, when you're done, you just go back and you just, just go back and do it again. Yeah. And then, you know, deliberately make different decisions and, and, and you know, uh, see, see where the story takes you sure. see what other possibilities exist there are it's it's almost infinitely playable 
uh, a replayable for uh, you know for, yeah. for us to to just see what where those decisions lie and eventually fight your way to, to winning. Uh, unlocking all of the trophies that are uh, involved in the game, and, and good luck to you. <laughs> it's good pursuing that one. It's it sounds amazing. I know I've heard nothing but good things since it came out. I remember being in a GameStop when they were demoing it, and it looked beautiful. Yeah. So I'm I'm pretty excited to check it. And out. it's and it's a really it's a great sci-fi story. It's a it's a good solid uh, you know futuristic tale. Cannot can't recommend it enough. Nice good shit. All right. With that, I was going to say I think that wrap up music is ramping up. Wow. So don't forget, you can find us online each and every week over at bkgeekstuff.com. You go to facebook.com backslash bkgeekstuff. You can go to patreon.com backslash. People are starting to call it party on. I love it. Now. I um, love it. You can go to <laughs> patreon.com backslash bkgeekstuff. No donation is too small. Every single donation is tremendously hugely appreciated patreon has switched its format for us now so pledges are actually go through the day you pledge so oh, wow if you pledge today oh, that's new. it helps us today and it helps us all towards getting Do towards it. new york comic-con and, and everything else that we have going on down the line so we um we ask you to consider that at whatever level you're comfortable with. Even a dollar gets you into Discord. It's a lot of fun. I promise you, it's a lot of fun. Discord's to hang a good out time. And I and I apologize. I, I, I mentioned this before the show. I I am not as active as I used to be in the Discord room with just typing and chatting yeah. and talking. But I love reading it. Like I, I stay on top of what all you guys are saying. So it's it, it really is a it's a fun room. I, we got a really good crew I, in there. I will say I am I am about a minute away from taking a flight to L.A. to kneecap Mikey. For not popping in there more often. (laughs) Because nine times out of the ten, the conversation that I'm having with him privately is shit that we're also... It's mirroring the conversation we're having in Discord. Right, right. So this is a warning to people... Um, if you're a Patreon, if you're uh, if you're a Patreon <laughs> member, but you don't actively participate in Discord, just know that when OG I see you, will come and kneecap you. I might Tanya Harding you. I'm just putting it wow. out there. I'm just putting it I- out there. A la Jay and Silent Bob. A la J- exactly. <laughs> um, so don't forget, of course, on social media, I am Geek Stuff OG across all of the social media platforms. I am. Big Kev GS on the play on the uh, uh, Xbox, and I'm BK Geek Stuff everywhere else. And I am K Robert Marlowe on Twitter and Instagram, and Flick Dude on the PlayStation Network. So, Flick Dude. So there you go. Um, thank you again for joining us, and uh, I guess with that, Big Kev. With that, OG, we will bring this episode of Big Kev's Geek Stuff to a close. Episode five hundred and eight. The one we never really named. Uh, the way we end some episodes by saying, Troll the respawn, Jeremy. And on that note, we cue the music. <laughs> <laughs>